So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey Iz. Hi Em. You're going to tell me that Kim and Croy call off their divorce the same week that she just so happens to make a cameo on Atlanta. What a coincidence. I don't know, you guys. I mean, listen, if you have been listening for a while, you've been following our journey of reacting to this divorce news, which obviously started as straight denial and then turned into acceptance because it just seemed so real, like, you know, specifically the allegations that were being hurled from both sides. And now all of a sudden, as if nothing has happened, the divorce is off, they're pictured going to church with the kids. It's like, I I don't know. I'm just feeling like something is a little off. I obviously have a million thoughts about this, but my first most selfish part of me is so happy that this is off because it validates my original feelings that I think I was forcing myself to feel to sort of self-soothe and protect myself, which was, this is obviously just for the optics, for money, for a storyline, which like, you know, it's not that far off from their personality, specifically Kim anyway. And as long as it wasn't true that they actually fell out of love and were fighting in such a vicious way, I was going to be happy about it. And the second part of that is that Kim and Croy and Kyle and Mauricio both having rumors about them splitting up at the same time was honestly the hardest pill to swallow. So for one of those to be even just the most little bit relieved, it makes me feel better. It lightens the load. Well, what I was saying to Julie, because we spoke about this a little bit on the regular episode, is like, you know, if we want to just come at this from the angle of, you know, maybe it's possible that this whole thing was kind of made up or at least amplified as a way to gain some public attention to further help their potential return to reality TV. Like to me, that makes a lot more sense because as you said, that's something I very much could see them specifically Kim doing. To me, the thing that I could not wrap my head around was how was this couple that was one of the most stable relationships we have ever seen on Bravo? I will go as far as to say, a couple pillar of the Bravo community just all of a sudden going up in flames. I mean, this is not a Drew and Ralph situation that we saw coming from a mile away. Yeah, I guess what it really boils down to is it's way more believable that they would concoct an entire crazy story than it is that they would ever separate. Yeah, I mean, is it very much questionable behavior? Absolutely. Are we making a very bold claim that that's what's going on here? Absolutely. Of course, technically, we don't know. But there's a, a part of that that actually feels strangely comforting because of how on brand it just could be. We were never 
loving Kim Zolciak because of her moral compass, by the way. You know, like I loved their love and how passionate they were. And I thought, and I still do naively think that they are in it for the long haul, but we weren't looking at her for like sound sage advice on how to live your life and maybe go about things in the right way, you know? So again, I say, and as you said, it just feels a little bit on brand. And I am personally thrilled because I do think they belong together. And I do think that these issues, even if they had a hint of truth, should not split them up. No, we looked at her for chaos, for drama, for the versatility of a red solo cup. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, if anything, she's the reason that I love my terry cloth robe so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, exactly. Her morals are not the thing that have had us drawn to her. Although I want to talk about the scene from Atlanta because I was hooked in. Not to say I wouldn't have been hooked in anyway. We have a scene with all the OGs. Of course, I am right there. But for her to be talking to Sheree about the day that she met Croy saying, we're still married 11 years. We're doing great. So whatever I did, I texted the right person. And for her to be talking about the financial rumors when Lisa brings up her losing her house and she says, you know, it's a blog on Instagram. It's not TMZ. It's not People Magazine. You think I'm going to foreclose on my fucking multi-million dollar house for 200K? Which just to keep in mind, this episode was filmed somewhere around December, 2022, which I think is just, you know, interesting context for us to now think, all right, seven months later, this is where we're at in the headlines. And to be clear, it is not an Instagram blog. It is TMZ. It is people. It it was at least very reputable sources that were reporting all of this. I just love Lisa Wu. And I loved seeing this whole crew back together. And I liked how they like sort of touched on where they've been since we last saw them or like comparing what went on with their marriages after they left the show. I thought that was like an interesting tidbit. But yeah, the energy was good. And I think having Sheree there as like the glue and being the cast member that's sort of in season right now was a great experience and honestly such a nice scene to have in this episode because it really just like leveled everything out. The other thing to mention from the scene, more so because of the fallout that occurred on social media after, is when Kenya gets brought up and Kim says, oh, really, that bitch is still alive? And someone tweeted that and Kenya quote tweeted and said, this comment is truly evil. I'm not a Kim Zolciak fan, but I never kicked her when she was, sorry, is down. Learning of her divorce, foreclosure, repossessions, gambling accusations, unfit mom claims, and canceled show. Now begging Bravo and producers to come back to Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, baby. I knew. I The second I saw that, I said, Kenny's going to tweet about this. And by the way, as she should. You know, I love it, but I also don't love it because I think it actually is feeding into Kim wanting slash getting back on the show, which like I'm fine with. But for Kenya, she's just pulling her right back in. She's reeling her in literally on a fishing line to come back to the show. And, you know, I really forgot how deep their feud was. And I think it's still very much alive. Like sometimes I feel like when the housewives are off the show, it's like the feud disappears. Like they're just normal women walking around, like living their lives. And that if they saw each other, it'd be fine, but they are not fine. So I think for Kenya's sake, I don't want her to come back, but for everybody else's, there is nothing else I want more. And her personal storyline is obviously interesting enough, but to also have that connection and ongoing feud with a main cast member, like, come on, it's an easy decision. Well, and what about the fact that she's also not on the best terms with Candy and Candy and Kenya very much are on kind of the same team. So if we're just looking at it in terms of the dynamics and I'm a casting producer, that's kind of a good in. I just love that Kim and Candy's feud is still about tardy for the party. 
it just feels like very historic. Yes. You know, it's like when she brings it up and they're singing it at the lunch, it's like, this just feels like we are witnessing a Bravo artifact. Right. Like she mentions Tardy for the Party and I feel like she's literally talking about the national anthem. Yes. Yes, that's exactly how I feel. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I kind of feel like as it applies to the Kyle and Mauricio situation, we will just be giving updates weekly as there are updates to give, which nothing crazy this week, but a few things that I do think are worth mentioning. The first was Kyle had posted that Instagram story that said, leaving is such sweet sorrow. Page six picks it up and writes, Kyle Richards just shared a very cryptic quote after her separation from husband, Riccio Umansky. She comments on the page six post, this is in regards to having to leave Aspen, facepalm emoji deleted. Which the only reason that is necessary to mention is it's not about the post. I actually believe that it wasn't meant to be cryptic and it really was about Aspen, but Kyle is getting in the weeds here. You know, like there was entirely a world where this whole thing was going down and outlets were picking up on small social media clues and she wasn't engaging. You can tell, and as we go through more of these things, it becomes even more evident. She is right there. And I don't know if I expected that that's how she would be or not, because it can really go one of two ways with her, but like she's going for it. It's very interesting the way that she's sort of putting out fires and responding to different Instagram comments and outlets and paparazzi. And her whole strategy is very concerning to me because on one hand, I feel like she's, like I said, putting out all these fires and deny, deny, deny. But then on the other hand, I feel like when she's talking to the paparazzi, like we'll mention in a minute, or posting photos with Mauricio or any of that and making ambiguous comments, I also feel like she's keeping the fire alive. Like she's burning the embers. She's not necessarily igniting anything, but she's not being as cut and dry, no, 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 as I would think she is, which then in turn just becomes a whole lot more suspicious because my naive denial, I would think she'd be like, this is absolutely untrue, no, no, no. And she's not doing that. Well, I mean, the thing is, we know for a fact there is truth to this, meaning even if they are not planning on getting divorced in this actual moment, there is certainly truth to the fact that there's a separation going on. There are some issues. We cannot say whether or not the Morgan Wade situation has truth to it. Although even in the way she's responding, it isn't this overwhelming denial, which again is entirely her place to be able to handle it as she so sees fit. I mean, it's on the paparazzi that they're asking her these questions that are very invasive at the same time. That, that is exactly what paparazzi do. But like, let's go over this first video, which by the way, I'm sure you guys saw these, but if not, we will put both of the links in the description. So the first is when she's pumping gas and the paparazzi asks, how single life? And she's shaking her head, kind of smiling. She goes, I'm not single. And he asks, are you dating Morgan Wade? She goes, I'm not even going to answer that. And he says, she does look cute. You guys do look cute together. And she goes, no, we're very good friends. He said, are you excited about summertime now that you're divorced? She says, I'm not divorced. Read my statement on Instagram. In a very joking, sort of smitten way, I might add. Not in like an angry, matter-of-fact way. In a very laughy, 
almost like middle school girl way is the best way I can describe it. Didn't you get that vibe from the video? Yeah. And honestly, what I think is really interesting about this, just looking at it from the perspective of processing this, not only as the public, but as diehard Beverly Hills viewers who have been watching since season one, is like in just the course of a week, look at the difference in the way that we are viewing all this. Meaning two weeks ago, before any of this happened, if there were just rumblings, no official reports had come out, but there were just rumblings and a paparazzi was questioning her, we would fully, fully expect that she would be denying this so hard. And anything that wasn't that, anything that didn't make it seem as though the paparazzi were being absolutely crazy, we would have been like, holy shit. Because in our minds, as we discussed last week, Kyle and Mauricio were this institution. And so if if a paparazzi is going to ask her about divorce rumors and she's not going to come down so hard on that, I think we would have been flipping. Whereas looking in just the course of a week, the way we've I don't want to say come to terms with all this, but I feel like the way we're processing it is also different. You know, here we're watching this video where she's kind of being rather coy about it and we're like not even that phased. Uh, This is an unrecognizable Kyle to me. But it's an unrecognizable us is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I know. Like, who am I that I'm just accepting this? Yeah. I mean, we adapt so quickly. Like three weeks ago, I would have, I don't know. I would have never even been able to fathom wrap my head around this. And now to see her just like, she's never even, if anyone even says the word Mauricio, she has always been an absolute barracuda about anything about him, their marriage, their family, their love, their relationship, cheating, anything. Lisa Vanderpump made one joke to try and lighten the mood about him being seen with the younger woman and saying, oh, it was actually Portia. And Kyle did not forgive her for months. So the other paparazzi video we wanted to mention is her leaving Craig's with Teddy. Teddy's riding shotgun. They ask about Morgan. She says, we're very good friends. And the paparazzi says, just a rumor, right? She says, yes. They say, best friends, matching tattoos. And Teddy yells out, we have matching tattoos. And Kyle says, she's not the only one I have matching tattoos with. Again, I just want to take this moment to have us all consider two weeks ago, there is no world in which these theories about Kyle and Morgan Wade that were circulating online, that were really primarily in these deep dives on TikTok, we would have never thought her and Teddy would be leaving Craig's confronted by paparazzi and actually responding to it. It's like, it goes so goes off of what you were saying last week, just about how interesting this is from the perspective of something that really you know, took fire from social media and then expanded to real story to the point where she is now publicly responding. This existed in the depths of the internet for so long. And I, I, I just can't get over the progression. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. 
And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. So then there was a paparazzi photo that Page Six posted of Kyle and Morgan walking, and it was made to feel as though this was taken very recently. And Kyle comments, this photo is from April when Morgan was in town performing at my event for Housewives. She's not even in California and I'm not hiding my face. Please stop. And Morgan then commented, hey, at Summerfest, can you let these folks know I was playing a killer set yesterday in Milwaukee? Again, the reason that this feels significant to mention is because there is completely another reality where Kyle and Morgan are not coordinated commenting on a page six paparazzi photo to clarify to the audience a timeline. Like I, she's really getting down and dirty with it. it. You know, it's like there are some housewives that this would have been the predictable behavior and I just find it not good or bad. I genuinely just find it fascinating that this is the route she's choosing to go down. And I wonder if it's going to get to the point where she's like, fuck this, I'm not even going on Instagram. I I, I don't have the time to be clarifying to page six whether or not the time frame of the photos they're posting are accurate. You know, it, it it's interesting. It's like a almost a strange hill to die on because whether it's April or now doesn't seem to make that much of a difference, but you can tell like she's certainly picking and choosing what she's responding to. Yeah. I mean, she's even responding in her own comments. Someone wrote on her photo, she posted like a whole roundup of her family in Aspen from the weekend of Kim's daughter's wedding. And there's photos with Mauricio. There's a video of them both sitting in the front seat of the car with all their kids in the back. And someone commented, we love quote damage control Kyle with like the crying laugh face emoji. And she wrote, if y'all like to read into every little crumb, then read into this with a middle finger. Mm-hmm. Her using y'all in that comment, I thought was was funny. No? Very Morgan Wade coded. Yeah, I don't think she meant it or whatever, but it's just something definitely to note. It's rubbing off. It's rubbing off. I mean, yeah, it, it's a fascinating angle and plan that she is going with because you obviously can't respond to everybody. And I'm just curious if it's just going to be all these little things adding up. Andy said on the radio today, I I think he's really tiptoeing around this for so many reasons, but probably biggest of all is that he has such a close, genuine friendship with Kyle. You know, he can't pick favorites, but obviously, naturally, there are always people he's closer to. And Kyle has certainly been one of them over the years. And also just because of the longevity And someone called in and said, are you picking up cameras? Is it true to sort of capture the Kyle and Mauricio divorce or separation? I think the caller used those words. And Andy was very careful and he said, basically, yes, that 
we will get to see some of this play out on the show. So that's good news, means we'll get answers. I, I thought at least at the reunion we'll get answers, but if they're scandaling it up and picking up the cameras, I love this new emergency plan that Bravo has in place for when things you know, hit the fan while the filming is down. Well, yeah, I mean, that's confirmed. This is directly from Deadline. Deadline has learned that filming for the show has resumed and cameras will pick up reactions from Richards and some of the housewives, reminiscent of what happened with Vanderpump Rules after Scandaval broke out. I, I agree. I am very here for Bravo following that pattern when there is something that is so relevant to a season that like, all right, just because it wrapped, it doesn't mean you can't pick them right back up. And, and I appreciate that flexibility because I think it really helps to bridge a gap that otherwise wouldn't be bridged if they kept those timelines so concrete. Yeah, I, I, it just eases our frustration of like, oh, they finished filming a couple of weeks ago and we couldn't be in the room. We're in the room for everything else. So this is this is helpful. And also it eases our anxiety and our thirst for information when we know that it's coming. Yeah, I mean, I, for one, absolutely cannot wait for this season. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter-looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor-recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA-approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm going to tell you again, and I'm honestly not going to stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic on and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantees. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and Everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, getting into the conclusion of Orange County in Montana, I'm going to tell you right now, if I am Jen, I am livid at Tamara. Like, I know I used the example, I think it was last week, of Danielle from Jersey sitting on the couch realizing that Jennifer and Teresa have set her up. That is very similar to how I feel about this whole thing. And for Tamara, who I adore as a housewife, to have the audacity to be like, 
I'm telling her this because I care about her. If I didn't care about her, I wouldn't say anything. It's like, if you really cared about her, you would sit her down one-on-one in like a respectful, loving way. Like my thing with Tamara is like, I so much more appreciate when she leans into just the shamelessness of it all and says, yeah, I am. I know that I'm being a little bit of a bitch and that's how I like it. It's like, don't give me both. Don't tell me that you're being this great friend to her while you're like actively blowing up her life. I feel like it's the scene in 13 going on 30 where the mean girl shoves her into the closet and she's like, we're your friends. We're doing the right thing. You know, we're doing good by you. And then they leave her in there alone. You know, I think I made a similar comparison last week too, but I can't help feeling like she fucking dragged her ass into this cast, got her on the show, said it's going to be so fun. Our friendship is repaired and boom, here she is like stuck in Montana with Tamara and all her friends who have known each other, have all their own shit. And Tamara's the one that is leading the charge of sort of backstabbing and shitting all over Jen and her relationship and her life choices. Which like, by the way, just to clarify, I am 100% on board with the fact that I do not trust Ryan for a half a second. Not even half a second. Right. Like I unfortunately, and I hope that I am wrong, but I unfortunately cannot imagine that there is a world in which he does not betray her also because as she said, he told her he's cheated on every partner he's ever had. And when someone tells you who they are, you got to believe them. So I am very much on board with Tamara in terms of all of her hesitations and concerns. Like it's not that that's unwarranted. It's just the way in which she goes about it under the guise of like being this great friend that I find to be almost humorous. Although, you know, I see a scene with Jen and Ryan and I'm like, I think you are a really good person. And I, and it is upsetting for me that you're actively putting yourself in a situation where most likely you're going to get deeply hurt. All of this to say, I am having, again, still the best time watching this. Oh, the the best time. This is a, I'm telling you, this is a really, really good cast. Andy called it a rebound season, and it really truly is that because they didn't do too much or go too far. They really stayed true to form and gave us all the OC that we love. I mean, when Heather's passing around the joint, when Shannon climbs into Tamara's bed because she thinks she heard an animal in the middle of the night, when Heather says her low of the week was feeling left out from Shannon and Tamara and bringing up that whole dynamic with the three of them and now how they cope with that. like It is all so extremely perfect and fascinating and has so much heart and actual relationships that I I look forward every week to watching it. I really, really do. I love it. Truly, when I tell you, I never thought we would be here. I, I never thought we would be here, but we're here. I mean, I, I'm in that same exact boat with you. I also, what are your thoughts on the Heather and Gina situation? You know, I think they both have really different expectations of what friendship is maybe or the positions that each other hold in their lives. Like they are questioning, are we just friends for the show or are we real friends? I think Gina has insecurities about bringing Heather into her world. And I think Heather, you know, looks at Gina as like, when it's convenient, I want to have you around, but I also have so much going on. So I think it's just a lot of miscommunication. But at the end of the day, I do think that they will and do get along so well and would have a lot of fun together. And I hope that it works out and that all this petty stuff and maybe insecurities don't get in the way of that because they really did have something really nice. 
I think where I'm at with it is like no part of me is trying to invalidate the way that Gina is feeling because clearly she's going through it. And there is something about the way that Heather is handling the situation that is really not agreeing with her. And you can tell she's having a real emotional reaction to it. I just feel kind of similar and it's different, of course, but kind of similar to last week where she's taking it out on Jen, the fact that what Jen had done is very triggering for her. It feels a little similar to me with Heather, of course, different, but almost like Heather is kind of just the place that she's letting it all out. And I don't know from what we've seen so far, if to me that feels entirely warranted because I'm not as quick as Gina to just assume that Heather's intentions are not pure. What does Heather gain out of like intentionally not being a good friend to Gina? I I just think that Heather's definition of being a good friend is a little bit different than Gina's definition of being a good friend. And I, I just am sensing this like underlying anger that Gina's holding towards her. And from what we've seen, I'm just struggling to understand how that factors in. Well, also, I thought Gina would feel at least a little bit more secure in their friendship after Heather voiced to her, like, I never hear from you. I want to hear from you more. And I want to hang out with you. Like threw her that bone a little bit, which I think probably made Gina feel good. I, I think you're right though, that the issue is the topic of what they are fighting about and sort of what's weighing on Gina is this really heavy, huge part of Gina's life, which is infidelity and her divorce and now being in a new relationship with Travis. So all of those feelings about it are added to like the weight of a situation, which is probably not that dire. Like Heather saying, you know, Travis isn't going to put up with that. She didn't mean it, I don't think, in a malicious way. I understand how that rubbed Gina the wrong way. But it's because of what it's about that it just took an astronomical turn. Yeah, and you saw when Gina was breaking down to Travis about it, which was a very, very vulnerable interaction. And I actually think, if anything, what it showed is the strength of their relationship and their ability to communicate. And I loved in his confessional when he was like, something to the effect of, you know, she needs a shoulder to cry on. And luckily, like I got a, I got a big shoulders or something that was just very sweet and, and really communicated the sentiment of like, I am here for her no matter what. And I think that as anyone, when you're in a relationship, like that is the exact kind of energy you want your partner to have. Like nothing you're going to say is going to freak me out. I am right here for you. We are in this together. We are each other's support and don't even for one second, second guess, you know, coming to me in these moments. But like, I really, truly do not believe Heather was coming at it from a place of judgment. She was just voicing what she finds to be a little bit, you know, concerning. And maybe could she have done it a little bit better? Absolutely. But I actually think it was her feeling close enough to Gina to be able to say it in that way. Whereas right, when Gina's give her tough love. Right, right, right. Whereas Gina, and I, I'm not saying that she was necessarily right, but it did, did at least feel honest and it felt genuine. And then when, you know, Gina was breaking down to Travis about it, which I really did feel for her because you can tell like she is, feeling her feelings deeply, I almost just felt like Heather was a little bit of a a place filler in terms of really the root of, of what's going on with her. I think Gina also was a little bit upset at herself for not trusting her own gut and knowing her own relationship well enough to say, no, I can call Travis. That is the way that we operate and we talk about things openly. By the way, I'm not saying Heather was wrong to say, take a beat, you know, don't immediately call him. Let's talk it out as girlfriends first. Like, Again, like you said, I think her intentions were good. But I think Gina, in retrospect, was like, why did I listen to her? And was upset that she even ever second-guessed it. It's just like a lot of layers about a very complicated situation and also a friendship that they were both sort of feeling out and testing where they were at and like what the waters felt like. So it maybe wasn't the best timing to like jump right into this very complicated sort of difficult argument and situation. 
Well, right. And also, as she says to Travis, you know, what was so scary for her with Matt is how like the rug was pulled out from under her. And clearly when Heather is saying, you know, I don't know how much Travis is going to put up with that, it, it triggered her in that regard of of thinking, could there be some sort of a similar sentiment there? Of course, very different, but similarly in terms of what she thought or her perception of reality is potentially not accurate. And I think if you're Gina, that's one of the most terrifying things to consider because obviously that's a version of what happened to you previously and it's something that really traumatized you. So yeah, it, it just got very intense very quickly, but I don't know. I'm loving this show. I miss Emily. I'll say it. I'll Can't say wait it. for her to be back. Yeah. <laughs> she one thing about Emily, she's gonna shit on Shane. One thing about Emily, she's gonna <laughs> remind you that Shane is five seven and that is the reason that Annabelle is never gonna be Gigi. Like she she will not miss an opportunity to playfully, I don't mean maliciously, but she will not miss an opportunity to playfully put Shane down. And that's why I love her. That's my kind of girl. Hey. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, wait, just the last, the last thing that I got to mention here. Remember how last week we were saying that there was the video of Michael Jordan when he was asked about the paparazzi, what he thinks about Larsa and Marcus's relationship, asked if he approves, he said no. Anyway, this week, Larsa and Marcus were on their podcast talking about that. And Marcus said, you know, when he saw the video, he knew that Michael was joking. He thought he maybe had a drink or two. You know, he knew that he didn't mean it as seriously as it came across. Larsa was really, really upset by the whole thing. And Michael reached out to them just clarifying that like that was not his stance. And, you know, the video made it seem like something that it was not. But I'm just, there was a moment when I was watching that clip, I'll put the link in the description. I was like, I cannot believe that Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen are on a podcast together having a serious, like it was a deep, serious conversation about how upset she was as a result of the paparazzi video of Michael Jordan disapproving of their relationship. Like that, what is that sentence? (laughs) And that Larsa Pippen has to worry about what her boyfriend's dad thinks about her because her boyfriend's dad is Michael Jordan and like has this relationship with her ex-husband. It's just... It's such a crazy world over there. That is just some shit like <laughs> chat GBT wrote off, you know? <laughs> yeah, they do not prepare you for that in the school of pop culture. We have leveled the fuck up. I feel like that's that's been the whole year, no? It is the ultimate comments by celebs, comments by Bravo, comments by athletes mashup though, I will say. Could you imagine though, uh, I don't even think Michael Jordan has Instagram, but hypothetically a Michael Jordan comment on a Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan photo. Talk about a break the internet moment. Or like a sh- really classic shady Larsa Pippen comment on a Michael Jordan post. <gasps> Not Larsa Pippen and Michael Jordan beefing in the comments. That'd be the best thing that ever happened <laughs> to our business. Oh my God, I need it to happen. Anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it. I'm very excited for New York premiere next week. You guys, I am so excited. We're going tomorrow night. Well, by the time that we record this, or or by the time that we release this, it'll be tonight to the premiere in the city. So we will talk about that next week. And it just feels like there's a lot of good energy around New York. So very excited for that. And we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. I know this is a little bit of a lighter week, but... Hey, we're just going with it. And we'll see you later this week for Kardashians. We love you guys. Thank you for letting us do this. Bye.